Welcome to our Transgender School podcast. We're here to talk about diverse transgender identities and experiences so that we can all be better allies and advocates. We'll also discuss current events, welcome guests, and share actions you can take to support trans people. I'm Bridget, and my daughter Jackie came out as a transgender woman about four years ago when she was 19 years old. I was totally unprepared, but I have learned a lot since then. And now Jackie and I are passionate about sharing what we've learned. When I came to terms with being trans, I realized that I absolutely needed to transition, but coming out was very stressful. Now that a few years have passed, things have gotten somewhat easier, and I want to help other trans people navigate their own unique experiences. Hi, everybody. So, hey, we have big news. Can we share your happy news, Jackie, since you you posted on social media that you and your partner became domestic partners yesterday. Yay. Officially, I went to court and everything, so you now can have all the legal rights. We went to the county clerk's office, but um, (laughs) I think it was funny. We were both, we both had like a totally normal day yesterday. I had work, Tori had class and a couple other things. And um, we just went before work and class and everything. And I I went upstairs to my office at City Hall and it didn't seem like a big deal. And then I remember when I got home, Tori was like, oh, this, I don't think we realized what a big deal this is. People are really reacting to this. saying, where can we buy a gift? Is there a registry? And I was like, I don't think it works that way for a domestic partnership, but people are really happy for you. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting thing because as younger queer people, I think we take for granted that, that we can just get married and that that's a thing. But I think we don't necessarily have that context that for a long time, especially in blue states like California, domestic partnership was the functional equivalent of marriage for queer people. I mean, for us, it was kind of like, oh, well, I'm starting a new job. We can get you on my health care. It was more of a logistics type thing. But now that we did it, we realized, oh, for a long time, this was what getting married was for queer people. This was this was the closest any queer person could really come to getting married. Um, and that that was an interesting lesson for us. For well, sure. since we since we open with that, we can ask you your thoughts about that, Rob. But we should introduce you to everybody. This is the amazing Rob Smith, the founder and CEO of The Fluid Project, which I'm wearing their shirt, which I didn't even know was their shirt. I owned it before I even knew, you know, and now I've since learned, of course, that your brand is like the worldwide gold standard for gender free fashion and products and your amazing brand. And we're huge fans now. So welcome, 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 Rob. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm going to circle back around. Uh, First of all, Rob, he, they pronouns. We, my husband, and I got married almost 13 years ago, and it was Prop 8 was up for a vote, and we did it just kind of Jackie, like you, like almost out of protest, like almost out of like mm-hmm. we thought we could possibly change somebody's mind if we got married. So we got married in October, the vote was November, but I remember um, it was like a social justice, like you know, equal rights uh, statement as much as it was an act of love and. Yes, we fell into the construct, and, and I abhor constructs, so we fell into the construct, but we are still happily married, not in a very traditional way, and almost every sense of a way untraditional. I won't go into details because my husband's more private than I am, but you know, we don't have a traditional marriage, we, mm-hmm. but we are united, we're partners in life, 
Yeah. And um, we love each other dearly. And I think, yeah. yeah. But if you think about marriage, the construct, it goes back to land and owning women, you know, and so, mm-hmm. so I, I kind yeah. of, well, I kind of abhor the class idea structure. of, of the like, class structure and mm-hmm. yeah, it's exactly right. So the concept of it is horrible, but you know, the idea of falling in love and is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations to both of you. Yes. You're both in beautiful, loving, committed partnerships and whatever that looks like, it should always be defined by the people in the relationship and it should be whatever works for them. And that's what you're all about, right? Challenging all the constructs and all the boundaries in the world in some really powerful ways. So Rob, you are the founder and CEO of The Fluid Project. It's so fascinating what I've read and learned about how it all started for you. I understand that you were inspired by your heritage as a third-generation Native American to create The Fluid Project as a way to honor two-spirit Indigenous leaders of the past and present. I find that fascinating. I used to teach in a former life. I was a professor and taught culture and communication. And we talked quite a bit about two spirits and the concepts, different concepts of gender in different cultures. So I'd love to hear more about that as well as a million other things. But this is kind of what sparked, it sounds like the inspiration, part of what sparked the inspiration for you to, you know, become the founder of the Fluid Project. But you also, of course, wanted to leverage your 30 years of experience in the fashion world, right? Leading multi-billion dollar brands from Macy's, Levi's, Nike, Victoria's Secret, and many others, right? With this passion that you have for fighting for human rights and social equality. So the Fluid Project is not only about these amazing t-shirts and great fashion that's completely gender-free and people can cross whatever boundaries they like in how they express themselves and you provide, you know, all of the amazing products to allow them to do that. But you also have educational programs, right? You have, I understand you have a diversity inclusion around LGBTQ certification program and training program. So it's not just about retail and buying the products. It's really about changing the world with your brand and moving the world in the, in the direction that we know that Jackie and I talk about all the time that it needs to go. So we're all doing the same work here, fighting for the same causes. And we want to hear more from you about all of it. So tell us more about you and about the Fluid Project, please. That was about the best introduction anyone's ever done. So Aww. you didn't read from a piece of paper. You talked about it. Very, oh, very. I love it. She's good at those. Yeah. Wow. Like I could have gone on for 10 more minutes, but I got to cut myself off. And, and I want to add on just because I'm so excited about it. And in the evolution of fluid, I added, I created the Fluid Foundation this year. And mm. the Fluid Foundation is a 501c3. I love the Trevor Project. I love HRC. I love Glad. Don't get me wrong. But every corporation this year gave to the same three organizations. And I created the Fluid Foundation to take corporate money who wants to give to national organizations. So the Fluid Foundation is like a funnel. And then the money goes out to grassroots organizations throughout the mm-hmm. country that do the really the, the hard work, that do um, significant life-changing work. And, and I focus on the transgender and homeless queer youth throughout mm-hmm. the country and there's so many little regional offices that do hard work so my goal is to take big money and filter it and throughout the entire country and ultimately the world because there's organizations in new orleans and and salt lake city and you know all over the country that don't get any funding so that's Mm -hmm. that's my new thing and my goal is to raise a million dollars i'm putting it out there next year we raised a hundred thousand dollars this year 
So um, my goal is to raise a million dollars next year. So I'm just, just putting it out there. That's amazing. We want to help. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're sharing that. We will do all we can to support you in that. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Let's. I just had to add that in because besides yeah. the, the, the fashion product and besides the education platform, now there's a giving component, which is what I've wanted for so long. Mm-hmm. And now that exists. Yes. So often when I speak, if there's an honorarium, I take that money and just funnel right to the mm-hmm. Fluid the Foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. So if you want to pay me $10,000 to speak, Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's very inspiring. We hope Thank to you. do something like that someday too. So people like you really inspire us to see that it can be done. And if you want to do it, come like, I'm happy to help. Yeah. I want to, I, I always tell people like, that game shoots and ladders remember shoots and ladders yeah. oh yeah like I, try, I try to help people like get up the up instead of sliding down like I, whatever right. i learned i try to help people get there faster you know yep. my mistakes yeah. yep absolutely so let's play shoots and ladders yes <laughs> <laughs> love it For good things great metaphor exactly right. you launched in 2018 is that right march of 2018 is march of 2018 of- March 1st, 2018, we opened the door of the store, the store which existed in NoHo. And it was a full moon, Virgo rising. Um, mm. I'm a Virgo. So we had a, a very spiritual ceremony, actually. Mm-hmm. I invited in a shaman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we literally like cleansed the entire space. We, we saged it. We saged everybody. I know I'm a little love wacko, that. but, um, but oh, it was I important it. for me to, to create a sacred space mm-hmm. and to clear out any mm-hmm. bad energy because, because fluid, the, the physical space, as well as the uh, virtual space, but the physical space is, is, was a sacred space. Mm-hmm. And it was a place that I saw as not like a retail store, but more of a, a community gathering, a place to, to gather as a community, a place to yeah. Take a concept that people have a hard time understanding and and make it real, so people could yeah. come in and go, "Oh, I understand now." Like because they would see a dress, yeah. like this is gender free. I'm like, yeah, and they're like, okay, I got it. <laughs> and they would yeah. literally like walk out with their minds changed. So it was a store, it was a community center, but it was also a laboratory. It was mm-hmm. it was also for me. There was we had a social code and the store ten social codes and. One of my favorites was we're all students, we're all teachers. And mm. I sat there for two years and became a student. I, I just listened mm-hmm. and learned, built relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't do what I do as well as I do now without having sat there for two years and just learned and observed and become a spokesperson. And I think that's part of being an ally that people don't understand is, mm-hmm. is a huge part of allyship is education, yep. but it's also... Um, just listening and yielding yeah. space mm-hmm. and then saying, how can I support you? Right. But people just want to jump in. Like, how can I support you? Like, no, you got to do the work first. You got to edu- educate yeah. yourself. You have to listen. That's a key part of being an ally and an advocate. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about how that, that initial vision of creating that, that physical space that sounds so special and I wish I could have been there, um, how that kind of collided with, reality when COVID happened and how you had to pivot and what things have been like over the past year and a half for you? Yeah. So I'll actually go back to the origin because you touched on it just a bit, Bridget. I um, mm-hmm. I was in corporate America, you know, for 30 years, you mentioned Levi's, Nike, mm-hmm. Converse, Hurley, Victoria's Secret. Um, and then I, this is <laughs> personal, but I went to my first Burning Man 
about five years ago. And yeah. there's a saying, don't quit your job after your first Burning Man. <laughs> it came back. <laughs> I was like, you know what? All this is like BS. I got to I gotta go do me, whatever me was. But I knew mm-hmm. that I couldn't live two separate lives anymore. A daytime job and a nighttime job. Daytime making money for corporate America, a nighttime job with social justice, specifically LGBTQ plus youth. And... And so, yeah, I threw in a backpack and I started traveling around the world because I always find the answer is is not in your office or your home or your backyard mm-hmm. or your city. The, the answer is always in the world somewhere in the most mm-hmm. unexpected places. So I, I did um, some shamanic work in Peru. And that's where I wrote down in the morning. I went in with the with the intention. You go in with an intention. And I said, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I wrote down on April 14th, 2017, consider opening a gender-free non-binary <gasps> shopping environment. I wrote fluid in quotation marks. Wow. And I said, and I wow. said, that's what I'm going to do. And so it was ultimately mm-hmm. like, it was a gift that was given to me. Mm-hmm. That, and I opened the store 10 months later, which is pretty wow. cool. Uh, but that's on incredible. the journey. Yeah. I remember in the journey, I remember learning that I need to learn more about my, my own heritage, my own indigenous heritage. And I took my mom to the reservation her grandma was born on. And that's where I learned about two spirits. And so Mm -hmm. I changed. So the LLC for the fluid project at fluid, the fluid foundation is two spirit LLC. Beautiful. So Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that personal side with us. And you can say anything here. We talk about everything. So don't hold back. Call it what it is, because I heard it on it. I listened to another podcast that you were on. I'm like, that's so cool. I hope he tells that story on our show, too. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, it's like a, of course, it's a drug, but just like uh, any plant-based work, you know, I think right. there's different, different variations, different drugs, you know, right. there's, there's the, like, you know, I mean, heroin or whatever. I don't, I don't even consider this in the same category, although the government may, but I consider right. anything that's plant-based to be you know, totally legit and been yeah. doing for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. And look at how it opened up something in your mind and you went for it. So I've, I've heard other stories like that. So there's something to be considered there. We're not advocating it. Everybody out there, don't freak out, <laughs> but be open. Hear Rob's story and how it opened up something for him and his mind and his heart. A lot of us are capable of a lot more than we're actually doing and, and work that we could be doing to change the world. And anything that can help us open up space for that and help us kind of heal those things within us that hold us back and make us think we can't do it, whatever that that brilliant idea is. I had to heal. I don't know if you heard this in one of my other conversations, but when I was a young kid, I was extremely artistic, feminine, I would say, on the feminine scale. I was mm-hmm. played with dolls with my sister. Mm-hmm. My dad was a professional football player. My brothers played sports. I had no interest and um, life wasn't going so great for me you know, in junior yeah. high. I don't know who it is great for in junior high, but, yeah. but I decided yeah. that I was not going to be that kid anymore. And I mm-hmm. manifested this new person that would go to high school that would play sports and be popular and hang out with cheerleaders and be cool in student government. And I literally created him and I left the other kid behind. And in therapy, mm-hmm. I kept trying to reconnect with this kid and he wouldn't, he wouldn't acknowledge me in the hypnosis mm-hmm. and anything. And then uh, mm-hmm. in, in this ayahuasca ceremony, there was a moment I went down to the river and I was sitting naked on a rock and I, and I 
And I just curled up in a ball and started to cry. And Mm -hmm. I became a 10 year old boy. And I said, I am so sorry. I left you behind. I'm so sorry. And then next day in ayahuasca is when the fluid project was created. So Mm -hmm. in a way, this Mm -hmm. is a big part of me taking care of my younger self and doing right by him for leaving him behind. Yeah. And therefore helping all the kids who are living that life now, right? To model for them that you can be yourself. That's right. Yeah. I'm curious. I'll, I'll come back to the COVID question, but I think this is really interesting. I'm, I'm curious what role you feel your ego played in that process and how you would kind of try to maybe make people aware of their own ego if that's not something they think about on a regular basis and how it might motivate their thinking and their actions. Yeah, ego is interesting. I still do journey work and there's, um, I can't remember if it was Ram Das or not, but who said that ego doesn't have to be your enemy. Ego can be your friend. And mm. when you can stand shoulder to shoulder and walk through life with your ego is when you can accomplish amazing things. Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I think through this experience I've of creating fluid, it's been a deeply humbling experience. I mean, I wouldn't say I've become a much better person because of sacrifice, because of service, that Mm -hmm. um, the person I was five years ago is different than the person I am today. Mm -hmm. Because I think my ego is my friend now as opposed to my enemy. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. and I think you can accomplish great things when that happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it's not ego death necessarily. It's living in peace with your ego (laughs) and acknowledging it and harmony and not letting it run the show, but <laughs> welcoming it in. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think we could get it, go way off on this and get into the spiritual world, which as Jackie does, I dig, but I would love to hear more about like your vision and who are you most trying to assist in the world and in what way, and what is your bigger vision? Like, because you clearly think big, <laughs> you know, what world do you see that's possible that all of this work that we're all doing, the three of us and many more, could lead to? When I go into a company and they say, oh, this is really interesting. Let me introduce mm-hmm. you to our, let's say, gay re- re- employee resource center group mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. whatever, they, the pride ERG, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because they're, they're usually right. like older white gay guys. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Don't get this. They're like, you know, they don't get it. Like I, mm-hmm. I said, introduce me to the employee resource group of parents of children, you know, of like mothers, fathers, parents of young people, because mm-hmm. they'll understand if you have mm-hmm. a 10 to a 17 year old in your household, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you're a gay man or a gay woman, regardless of your race, but you're it's usually they skipped a generation because mm-hmm. most of us don't have children and they don't understand. They think gay marriage, cool. Everything's great. And mm-hmm. I think the complete opposite in our spectrum of a white gay man who is largely not a minority anymore <laughs> in large part, you know, I don't yeah. consider myself, my minority status is probably more indigenous than it is gay being a mm-hmm. queer man. But you go from one end of the spectrum to the other, which is trans women of color. And I don't mm-hmm. think that gay men understand, especially gay white men, the plight 
of being a trans woman of color whose life expectancy yes. is 35 years old in this country. And, and there's a really interesting um, conversation that happens because as men of my age, I'm 56 as of two days ago, three days ago. Oh, happy also, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> also, you know, survivor, um, I'm living with HIV, you know, mm-hmm. but all it's, I'm mm-hmm. undetectable. And mm-hmm. us at our age, we went through AIDS and there's a huge group of people that managed to survive AIDS. And a lot of us didn't. And mm-hmm. they're kind of like, I'm good. I'm done. You know, like, yeah. I'm just going to go like, sail off into retirement. And then yeah. there's, you know, we, and we have the money in our community. We have the power, the influence and the resources to support our community, but don't see the responsibility for supporting trans women of color and the entire mm-hmm. transgender community. So, mm-hmm. and don't under, don't, a lot of them don't want to learn about pronouns. They're like, mm-hmm. you're screwing everything up. And um, they're the toughest audience to convince. I would just say that. And then there is, Yes, but my vision, like my vision is, this sounds kind of wackadoodle, but when I think about my vision board, I want to be Richard Branson, uh, Sir Richard Branson in this space. Like wherever I go, I want, mm. to be, I want to do it. Like, I mean, I'm thinking about like, last night I was talking about creating a entire media agency, which is all, of all queer people, especially trans folks, people, uh, mm. queer people of color, where someone wants to create a project, they come to me all the time and say, can you help us? Because you can't just have yeah. queer models. You need the team on the other side to make it an authentic campaign. So I want to create, you know, fluid media, mm-hmm. which is, and also like, I want to, I want to do a TV show, which is a gender reveal party, but it's for 15 to 19 year olds. <laughs> right. Gender in front of your whole family. Like right. all these ideas and how to Oh, like, I love that. I love that. Oh, oh these are amazing ideas. Yes. I could totally imagine that gender reveal show. A lot of great TV, great TV moments. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. Like you get to go in, like we take your shopping, get your dress, get you like, you know, all the support you need and come up and, and you reveal your gender to your family. I think that would be so powerful. I just imagine grandparents melting, but. But that's what we need. And we need to show it to the world because this is what's happening in our homes. You know, Jackie came out as transgender at 19 and we tell the story and we know now hundreds, countless other people who have that story of it happening privately in their home and grappling with it because there was nothing out in the world to look at to say, here's your experience reflected back. Here's an example of, you know, how it's happening for other people. And so your vision of offering that is very, very exciting (laughs) to us. Like, wow, if we would have seen a show like that it would have been a whole different experience for our family. You're right. Because right, Jackie. <laughs> um, until you know Jackie's story, until you know Jackie, it's just transgendered, as people say, you know, it's oh, just gosh. like it's... Uh, <laughs> Which is wrong, by the way. He's saying that in a flippant way. It's transgendered, not transgendered. I think like Will and Grace pushed the yeah. gay and lesbian I guess, movement forward because Mm -hmm. we became normalized. People started coming out of work. You knew it was your cousin, you know? Yeah. I think the same thing happens when you start to like put a person's name and face and story Mm -hmm. to their life's experience that people start Mm -hmm. to create empathy and compassion. And that's when they start to change as opposed to the way that the phobia around bathrooms and, and sports Mm-hmm. create dominates the conversation versus mm-hmm. the human experience. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I, I get a little emotional right now. I, I don't know why, but um, I just it just um, to see young people of trans experience being the target of yeah. uh, legislation and and not just being able to live their lives just um, gets me really more sad than angry, I guess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you channel that energy somewhere. So, um, yeah, channeling the Fluid Project and trying to get into corporations and institutions and educate mm-hmm. and, and, and change people's minds. Yeah. And then just to come back, I'm so curious how you've managed to adapt over the past year and a half as COVID has happened and we've moved even further away from physical retail spaces. I would say that just because I believe that fluid is something that has been gifted to me, that I am merely a vessel for this, you know, and and I am in servitude and, 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 um, as everything happens, when you allow it to happen, it didn't happen at all like I wanted it to happen, but I had to close the store the end of 2019 because I basically 99% self-funded the business. And, it, and the, the store was remarkable, but it was financially unsustainable. Um, I was hemorrhaging cash every month, but, but it launched the brand and I wouldn't change it for the world. And it was just such an incredible experience. And then I went into... 2020 feeling pretty good. I had a couple of consulting jobs. I was like, I was pretty good. I uh, had a bunch of debt and COVID happened that all disappeared. And it was a struggle. It was really a struggle to get through COVID. And then, I don't know, I guess Target reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, would you like to be part of our pride collection? So I was like, sure. So I created a catalog for wholesale, which I knew how to do and showed it to Target and started just showing it to other retailers. And Last year or this year, I guess, a year later, Fluid's in 5,000 stores across the country and launching globally, which is pretty amazing. So Amazing, just, you know, amazing. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> you gosh. Know, I'm just and thrilled. Then, and then through, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, all of the education stopped and was cut off and everyone shifted to race, which is completely mm-hmm. fine with me. It, it was hard personally you know, because all the education opportunities we had disappeared. Mm-hmm. But then after Black Lives Matter, people were like, okay, what's next? And many of them are coming to, to fluid, get fluid, which is gender expansive training. And they're continuing their journey toward, toward inclusion and mm-hmm. equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so, and diversity. And, and I just, um, I'm so grateful. So, so things are happening and I, um, bigger than Rob, a year ago could ever imagine, you know, mm-hmm. bigger, like it's the scale and the size of what it's becoming is different than what I wanted it to be, but mm-hmm. exactly what it's supposed to be. And that's just, that's when you get in the flow of life and you say, okay, <laughs> scrap your plans. Like what's, what's next. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. How many people visit your website every day? It's astronomical. It's like so many people, right? A lot. Not enough by by product, but I. Actually, um, <laughs> but you, I actually, you get a lot of activity yeah. there. We get a lot of activity. I actually created the website less to sell product and more to be a resource center. Yeah. So when you think yep. about like what I want the website to be, I was talking to someone yesterday. I want it to be a, a place that continues to be a place for resources, for articles, for education. Even if you go now, if you can go as 
for queer uh, parents of queer children, for transgender resources, for understanding pronouns. So it's it's a a resource center as much as it is Mm -hmm. a place to buy products. So in my future world, somebody comes to Fluid and spends a half an hour on the website just exploring. Yeah, and ultimately, what I want to do is create communities of, let's say, parents who have children who identify as transgender and or identify young people or people who identify as non-binary and to create groups of people who can have community as opposed to, you know, some of the uh, hostile toxic places that exist in social media, but instead to create a safe space that, you know, people can converse and find community. And, you know, some people come to me and say, can you help my child or me? I'm, you know, my child is transgender and I'm trying to understand and, where do I learn? And so I just want to create support systems for people who are going through life's experiences, whether it's yeah. as a parent or as a person. You talk so much more about the education than the, the products, <laughs> but we also want to plug like I'm wearing your shirt and I got it from online from Target for Pride. And I didn't even know, you know, I looked at the name tag today to get right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the Fluid Project shirt. Like, so those partnerships that you have and seeing how you're able to help all the companies that you partner with bring this awareness to the world, whether it's through the products or through education, it's very, very inspiring. And we're very thankful and grateful that you're, that you're doing this work. And it's so, it's so interesting to me to hear you talk about this because what's clearly driving you, at least from my perspective, is this mission of getting the message out there, making, helping people be more accepting and kind of normalizing this gender fluidity, which I really love. And so I'm, I'm curious as someone who is still at the end of the day, an entrepreneur who is operating in these capitalist spaces where unfortunately most actors are just concerned about their profit. Like, you know, like to your point, Target and the big corporations, they're concerned about their profit. If black people are getting murdered and they want to have people keep buying their stuff, they're going to care for a little bit and they're going to put a lot of money into Black Lives Matter and then they're going to move on to the next thing. So as someone who seems to be more committed to your mission than to profit, what is it like for you to operate in those spaces to kind of draw that line? And I know that you're committed to being sustainable and that's, that's another great example of prioritizing a mission over a profit. And how do you feel it's best to operate in those spaces? What is your hope for how much do you see this scaling up? Is there a limit to the amount that this should or could scale up? And should other people be out there doing the same thing that you're doing? I'm really curious what your thoughts are on that. So first of all, like, yes, the mission is more important than selling a t-shirt. So the selling of product is, is part of the mission. You know, I think if there's a, if there's a, an arrow, we're at the very tip of this arrow and starting to break through. I hope there's other people. I know there are some other people who are entering the space. It just so happens fluid is one of the most well-known. And also like you can't underestimate 30 years of experience in corporate America that I know my way to navigate through. So I actually see it as a skill, the fact that I'm a white man who's straight passing and can Mm -hmm converse with senior executives in this space that said Mm -hmm. all of the trainers are of trans experience and the intersection of mostly racially diverse and of trans experience. So Mm -hmm. they're the ones actually do the work, but I'm the one I I call myself 
the Trojan horse, like push me in and everyone, <laughs> everyone comes out. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I'm, the, I'm the Trojan horse who, but I know how to navigate this space and how to speak the language. And I think that experience opens up doors and, and creates conversations for people mm-hmm. to listen. So one of the, it just ha- happens through chance that I would create this store, the get fluid existed before wholesale. But then when I started to go in and people started to say, Hey, we'd like to buy your product. And I would mm-hmm. say, okay, what's your intention? You know, why mm-hmm. do you want to do this? Is mm-hmm. it just to check a box or are you actually committed to this? So, and then I'm able to use the training platform to say, okay, if you're going to enter this space first, it starts off with the why and the who. And that's where I start first before you get to the how. And that's when I go in and work with corporations. That's what I say first is why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And who are you doing it for? And then let's figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's so deeply rewarding because it's uh, it becomes a 360 degree strategy. And then by the time the product hits the floor, you know, I can talk to retailers like Nordstrom and say, do you have trans-inclusive fitting rooms? Do you have mm-hmm. inclusive restrooms? You know, do you, mm-hmm. do you understand pronouns or pronouns part of your badges? Mm-hmm. And then we can help mm-hmm. companies rewrite dress code policies and eliminate gendered language mm-hmm. within their policies. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's so, it all, it all works together. And it's, it's so rewarding to see companies really just anyone who, who has been, aware of social justice is finally now able to come out of work and use that that passion and be able to show that muscle and people the corporate leadership is listening now and now Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the reasons why fluid has done so well so quickly Mm -hmm. and and, uh almost international scale is because Mm -hmm. we stand for radical inclusion when it comes to gender identity gender expression body size race Mm -hmm. So they lean in because they want to be a part of this. They want to be part of this. And I've heard you say that you, if a company wants to partner with you, you check out their social media and their advertising and you'll literally say like, well, come back when all your models aren't skinny white, (laughs) you know, women like, and I love that. I loved hearing that. And they're probably like, okay, we'll go work on that and come back to you because we want your product. You know, it's it's so funny watching their faces when I say no. Like, no. <laughs> I love it. And I can't do it. <laughs> you need to do a little homework. And yeah. I said, I can help you if you want to do it, but you need to do work. And they're like, yep. what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. And do you think there's a limit to how much you can scale this up while remaining sustainable and remaining committed to that mission? And do you hope that other queer people take on similar missions and try to start their own companies that are focused on creating some kind of change, not just making a profit. Yeah. I mean, part of the fluid website, if you look at it is curation of queer owned, women owned, BIPOC owned, trans owned businesses. And they're not huge, but we want to be a platform for uh, purpose driven companies and people who are, likely not to end up on Amazon, you know, and we're kind of, I call it us the Etsy of, of like-minded people, you know? And so, yeah, so I encourage more people. And if we can support the brands, we will support the brands. We do it through a profit share. It's hard being, you know, in a way, the only one doing this, you know, I always say you can't build a stool without three legs. So, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. as, as I do this and go into spaces, it would sure would be nice to have partners and um, yeah, yeah. 
it's hard to be the only one. It's hard to be first because all you, most of your energy is convincing people why and how they can do it. But pushing through, hopefully, more people and companies will be, I'll be making room for more, more companies to do this as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I hope so, too. Sephora and like, you know, we have this gender free scented at Sephora and Mm, like, well, you know, navigation is only male and female. I said, you know, how can we create all, all gendered space? How Mm -hmm. can we go into like department stores and take the word women's off of dresses and just make dresses? How can we, how can we do small things to start to create an impact without, Mm -hmm. you know, without making, you know, press release statements about it, just doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's the stuff I get excited about. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll give you a big one. How do you eliminate the word sir and ma'am and Mr. and Mrs. In conversation? <laughs> I was just having this conversation with a colleague yesterday because he was saying, you know, I, when I'm sending these emails in certain professional situations, I feel like I have to say dear sir or madam and, he feels like it's not as professional to say to whom it may concern. And I think people are struggling with this. They want to do something better. But I think on the other hand, they're like, they don't know how to do that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are other words. Every word exists already. <laughs> so I like to tell right. people the word exists already. It's just finding a new word for it. But I like right. to put people in a different situation. I said, imagine if you're recently widowed or imagine if you're never been married, you know, as a female, or if you're, and somebody calls you missus, what a triggering, you know, reaction that is. If, Mm -hmm. or if, why do you have to be called doctor? I mean, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like maybe, maybe you earned that degree, but it doesn't really relevant outside a hospital to me. And then being called sir or ma'am, like, I really don't want to be called sir. (laughs) I I, I also don't want to be called mister. Like, give me a break. Okay. I want to be, it seems like that seems old to me. Like, yeah. you know, yes. somebody calling Mr. Smith, like that's my dad's name. Yeah. You know, so it's not just about gender. It's also to consider other groups of people that have largely been ignored, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it becomes a much bigger conversation. So instead of just do like you in the Uber, like, are you Rob? Yes, I'm Rob. Because yeah. that's what it says. And that's, yeah. and that's because that's how I put in the information of how mm-hmm. I want to be. And so I think there is a way for mm-hmm. corporations to say, you know, gosh, I don't know, I'd say, Jackie, you know, how would you, you know, like at one point, at one time, how would you like us, how would you be referred to as a, you say, Jackie? And from then on, it goes into a system and it's like all, all communication now goes out to Jackie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just that easy. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and if yeah. you have a name like Randy, and you have a deeper voice and you're a woman, identify as a woman, you know, I don't know. It's just like sometimes people get confused with names <laughs> like mm-hmm. that are like gender neutral or even like if you have a deep raspy voice or if I have a, a low voice, you know, I mean, just struggle going through life and people, you know, the gender assumptions that are made just yeah. by verbal and, and visual and non-visual language. Yeah. 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 That reminds me of, uh, I sat down with the Schultz family from Starbucks at this event. There's a few of us. And they said, um, anything we can do. I said, ah, I don't know how you're going to receive this, but, um, I have a request. <laughs> said, I said, can you have your barista stop saying sir and ma'am? Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they're like, what? I said, <laughs> it becomes a very triggering word. Um, there yep. becomes, um, gender dysphoric, 
for many people every yeah. time they go to order a cup of coffee. Uh, on the yep. other hand, it's incredibly affirming if you're trans and the first time right. people are called Mr. You know, it's like finally, like, right. you, know, you know, you have passed to, you know, um, so, so, but, but large, in large part, it just can be eliminated and, and just say, you know, how are you today? You know, take the yeah. term out. Um, can I get you a cup of coffee? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah but they, they thought I had, they looked at me like I had six heads. Well, but it's a start. You opened a door, you planted a seed, right? And that's what you're doing. A lot of the work that you're doing is so on the cutting edge that you're, you're just starting to kind of touch those people who really have not been exposed to the messages. I mean, we're all steeped in it, right? It's so familiar to us and we talk about it all day long, but there are more folks out there in the general population who don't think about this or talk about this at all. So I think I'm, I'm just, really inspired that you said to the Schultz family, have your baristas not say, sir, ma'am. I mean, it might be beyond our lifetime, Rob. We're both in our fifties until that actually happens at Starbucks, but Hey, you planted a seed and I thank you for it. <laughs> and that's how social movements start. That's how things change. That's how we move the world. You know, it has to start somewhere. And we have to have brave people who are willing to be seen as crazy. You know, we, we get called crazy all the time and, and worse on all our social media. And it's like, bring it on, you know, just propels us to do more because it's needed that much. We see how much it's actually needed. I think that's a good setup for something I wanted to ask, because since your project has grown and your reach seems to have grown so much, have you encountered that that negative segment of the population who has nothing nice to say to us? And how do you deal with those people? What is your perspective on where we're headed as a society? Depends how much, how many glasses of wine I've had when I, when I respond. <laughs> same here, same here. Uh, I, feel, I feel that. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> it's true. It's like if I sit liquid down, courage. <laughs> liquid courage. If I sit down and I usually delete it in the morning, but like, <laughs> but I'll say like, you know, yep. people, especially, you know, with fragrances, we were doing a lot of Facebook ads and, and these people were getting these, um, the ads and, and their comments were horrible. And then they just, for somehow Facebook thinks, oh, if you like it, then your friends are going to like this too. <laughs> and the more they commented, the more they would get stuff. Oh, <laughs> it no. would get so horrible. And I'm like, I would start to like, they quote the Bible. I quote the Bible back about cannibalism, about eating mm-hmm. your children, about like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't get to yep. choose what you want for the Bible. Because I'll, I'll pull some weird shit out of there. Yep. Not, not that, yeah. Not that there's not good stuff in there. And there is some good stuff in there, but you know, you can't pick and choose. So anyways, I started, mm-hmm. then started just responding like, Hey, just want to let you know, the more you engage with us, the more that Facebook thinks you want, you know, to hear more from us mm-hmm. and your friends. So just stop doing it, you know, just, and so I, I started, I shifted from yeah. being uh, a reactionary to just mm-hmm. being like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but this is what happens. And right. people have been responded much better to that. Interesting. I like that approach. So just helping them understand algorithms and how they're going to, they're bringing themselves into a space they don't actually really want to be. So stop trolling. It's not going to serve any purpose and it's just going to give you stuff you don't want. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. and so they seem to be receptive, like, Oh, thank you very much for that. Like, you know, really? uh, (laughs) Yes. Good. Okay. That I, that's an interesting strategy. I, I dig it. 
Yeah. You know, I find Instagram to be a really super um, safe space mm-hmm. for us. And it's weird. It was weird as uh, TikTok is amazing. Yeah. This is a beautiful space. So, mm-hmm. so, so real. I always get mm-hmm. surprised when on LinkedIn when people get a little like nasty. I'm oh like, really? You've had that on yes. LinkedIn, really? Yes. Huh? Yes. Interesting. You'd you'd think people would would not want to uh, be assholes with their job title, right? Right. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Yeah. I, them, like I report there. I go to their bosses and I and I share what they said. Good. Oh. Yeah. Good. Amazing. Yeah, Jackie. Awesome. Jackie would I'm love to. You, you love to do things like that. <laughs> it's like. Oh, totally. Great. Yeah. I now would, I have I evidence. Would spend all day emailing people's <laughs> bosses. Hey, you see this thing they commented. <laughs> yep. It's so, yep. so stupid because it is literally their job, like, and they're writing stupid stuff, you know. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's then you got to wonder like, is it worth all the energy? But sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. No, people don't like change. Yeah, they don't like change, and people don't realize that we're we've constantly changing. You know, like yeah. language changes. Yes, everything changes. I mean, think about fifty years ago. It was the queer liberation. It was mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Martin Luther King with you know the Civil Rights Act, and it yeah. was there was so much women's liberation you know like mm-hmm. in the 70s like this like you know liberation and, yeah. and i just think like god what makes you think that things will just be the way they are today right. and be this way 50 years when it's never been that way exactly i don't get that i really don't get that but you always have this mass of people that are pushing back that are fighting it and it's like look at every other you know cause in all of history and it's always move forward it's continued to move forward but you know we just have to hang on to to that history and trusting that that will continue to happen and these people will always be there to continue trying to fight it so what's next for you too what are you what's on your horizon what is your question (laughs) keep doing this well we've actually been talking our kind of next step because we've done a lot of work creating educational materials for families, friends, you know, loved ones of trans people. So we are starting to look at doing something similar to what you're doing, but in a more strictly educational sense about reaching out to institutional clients, whether that's public universities or businesses or anything in between and providing workplace training, um, gender inclusivity training, how to be inclusive for your trans employees, and really making sure that people understand that. So we're looking at trying to put together kind of a prepackaged course similar to a lot of the employee training that people already do that would make it pretty easy to get it out widely into a variety of different institutions. Yeah. Good. I wish you luck. There's, I mean, think about how many people there are in this country to train, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's, a mm-hmm. bit, it's a big task. Big yeah. task. But but it's, yeah. it's you know those people if we do like a gender 101 course and it's and we do it for a company I said invite every person you can and tape it yes. you know yes. so people who yeah. so I just want as many people to be exposed as possible to begin yeah. the conversation so then they go home to dinner and and talk about it at dinner yeah. and and bring somebody else in the conversation and then start yeah. to like exactly yeah, create this exactly. ripple like that goes on. but yeah. yeah so as many people that are creating ripples the yep. more and more impact it has. Yep, exactly. And I also really want to move into doing courses for parents, as you've mentioned several times, you know, how important it is to reach that group of folks with people with young kids and 
people are trying to learn on the fly as their kids tell them, you know, oh, mom, I identify as non-binary now, you know, and, and mom's like, what, what does that mean? And try to Google, right? So I really want to help parents. I have been doing that in, in our support group and in, in small ways, but I, I need to really set some bigger goals around <laughs> reaching that audience because there's a big need there. There's a huge need for, for parents. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's, it's a huge space. Do you know, I'll, a plug for another organization called Gender Cool, which is yes, um, I've, he- yeah. I've heard of them, yeah, and I know someone who knows the founder who's going to make the connection. So you know that you're connected with them as Very well. well. Yes, yes, and cool. what I love about them is doing what we talked about, which is you get to meet human beings and their stories. You know, and so yes. when people are like, you know, trans women can't play sports, I'm like. I'm going to introduce you to do something. Yes. Uh, Rebecca, Rebecca is her name. I'm going to introduce you to Rebecca. Yeah. She's just adorable. I want to play the cross. And to think that she can't do that. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I like, you know, Rebecca it's isn't cool, like six foot, six foot four, like 250 pounds. Yeah. Rebecca is mm-hmm. just like beautiful girl. And just like, you know what? Like, I just, ah, but it's, it's meant to, to it's an organization just like we're talking about where you meet people and when you meet yeah. people and hear their stories, yes. um, hopefully it starts to crack at people's like biases. Yes. Keep away at it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, one, one person at a time. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Jackie, I know you have to run to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for making time. Yeah, but we, yeah, we could talk to you forever, Rob. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And if anybody, the Fluid Project, spelled with P-H-L-U-I-D, go yes. to the website. You can also find out more yes. about education. Uh, you can find out more about the Fluid Foundation and, you know, shop our brand and other brands. Yes. And then the great resources too, you know, resources for people to learn and educate and just be part of the community. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll make sure that everywhere we share this, we include the links and really encourage everybody to check it out. We're so supportive of the work you're doing. So grateful. So grateful for it. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you both so much. Have an amazing day and let's stay in touch. Okay. You too. You You too. too. All right. Thank you. And bye everybody who's watching live. Thanks for being with us. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our Transgender School podcast. We hope you learned something new and that you're inspired to learn more. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And please be sure to check out our website, transgenderschool.org. You'll find many valuable resources there, including news about upcoming courses we'll be teaching. Make sure to join us for future podcast episodes. We'll catch you on the first Tuesday of every month. 